And uh, I wanna look specifically at Nehemiah through the lens of uh, someone who had an incredible um, desire, I would call it a holy discontent, if you will, for something that he became aware of kind of out there a little bit. Um, so let's go to Nehemiah chapter one. Um, and uh, as we're turning there, you know, um, how about uh, anybody want to give the quick, uh, give us the quick historical perspective and timeline that we find Nehemiah in? Kind of what's going on? Uh, wouldn't this be after the Jews are coming back from exile and they're trying to rebuild their walls or something like that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, so, so who came in at what time and destroyed the temple and the walls? Uh, the Babylonians. Babylonians? 538? Or is 538 the return from exile? 539 is the return. Okay. Yep, so 586. 86. 86. Yeah, 586, that's 87. Right. Yep, so that's the fall of Jerusalem, right? And then, um, of course, there were, I, I always think about it like this. There were three waves that went out during the exile, or went out kind of actually it was pre-exile and then exile, um, three waves, and then they came back in three waves, right? So, um, you know, the first wave was in 605 BC, um, and uh, the second wave was in, so 605 BC, Daniel was actually a part of that wave. Okay, so there's the Daniel connection. 597, you have um, the second wave, and Ezekiel's a part of that wave, and then you got 586, which is, I mean, that's the granddaddy of them all, right? That's when, I mean, they actually destroyed the temple, broke down the wall. I mean, Jerusalem is left, you know, really in shambles. And then they started to come back in three waves. Um, 539 was the, that's when uh, King Cyrus declared that they could start to come back. So they started to come back. Um, Oh boy, uh, I should have never started with the dates because now I'm going <laughs> to... Um, the last one was 445. What was the middle one? I forgot. What was the middle one? I don't have my notes in front of me, but um, that's all right. So three, three exits, three re-entries, okay? So here we have Nehemiah, okay? And Nehemiah is cupbearer to the king... King Artaxerxes, okay, and uh, Nehemiah, he, he becomes aware of what's going on back in Jerusalem. And again, I use this phrase, kind of this, this passion or this holy discontent. Um, and, and tonight, I really want us to think about Nehemiah as a leader who was both grounded in word and prayer and a man of action, okay? It's both. Because as men... And, and the godly men that God calls us to be, we need to be both grounded in word and prayer and men of action, right? Nehemiah is not the guy who just sat there and read and prayed and did nothing. He read, he prayed, and he acted. I want to show you a couple examples of that tonight. So, um, yeah, Nehemiah chapter 1. Uh, can somebody read just verses 1 to 4? I can take that. Yeah, jump in. The words of Nehemiah, son of Hakaliah. In the month of Kislev, in the 20th year, while I was in the citadel of Susa, Hanai, one of my brothers came from Judah with some other men, and I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that survived the exile, and also about Jerusalem. They said to me, 
those who survived the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down, and its gates have been burned with fire. Mm. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Mm. So, so here's what's going on. It obviously, you know, breaks him. He goes into a posture of mourning. But look what he does. He continued fasting and praying before the God of heaven. And I actually think this is one of the more remarkable prayers in the Bible. You know, there's a few prayers. Um, the prayer of King Jehoshaphat in Second Chronicles 20. Oh, I tell you what, God's been planting that one on my heart lately. That was just an incredible prayer. But this is another one. This is another one. And, and what these, those two prayers have in common is, I really believe, a, a model for us. Look at how the prayer starts, right? You, you're familiar with the, the ACTS acronym or maybe the PRAY acronym, acronym, acronym. You know, it starts with adoration. It starts with praise. It starts with him um, not acknowledging his troubles, but rather acknowledging the God who is the God overall. Uh, someone read verses 5. Well, let's just read like five and six, and then we'll jump down. I can? Yep. Then I said, Lord, the God of heaven, the great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments, let your ear be atten attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer your servant is praying before you day and night for your servants, the people of Israel. I confess the sins we Israelites, including myself, and my father's family have committed against you. And, you know, then he goes on, you know, and I love verse 8. Remember the word that you commanded your servant Moses. You know, so he's, he's recalling the promises of God given to Moses. And then verse 11. O Lord, let your ear be attentive. You know, um, that this idea of like, Lord, incline your ear to me. We, we read about that in the Psalms. Incline your ear. Let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who delight to fear your name and give success to your servant today. Grant him mercy in the sight of this man. Now I was cupbearer to the king. So before he goes to the king, before he kind of sets his action plan um, in motion, I mean, I kind of, I always wonder like, did he know what he wanted to do? Like when he heard this news, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like, did he just, just went to the Lord. You know, how often do we, you know, hear troubling news? You know, we want to just get up and get up and do something, right? Um, rather than pausing and going to the Lord. Can you think of a time, even this week, where, you know, something came at you and you were like, you know, like almost like, I mean, like I'm going to go take care of this. I'm going to go fix this. I'm going to, rather than pausing and praying, I got one, I had a snotty kid this week. I don't mean like snotty, I mean like snotty words snotty. And uh, you know, he said something to my wife, Christy, and it did not sit well with dad. And I'm like, Andrew, and you know, followed him upstairs, right? I wish I would've just paused, asked the Lord for wisdom, and calmly went to, you know, Trying to figure out what was going on. 
anything that you guys had? Maybe you guys are just better at this than me. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of anything specific in this week, but that's definitely the first thing that comes to mind when you ask a question like that. Yeah. Is, um, yeah, like definitely it's interpersonal communication with people. Mm, like, yeah. Most of the other storms in my life, it's pretty easy to be like, okay, you know, overwhelming semester, but I can go to God with this. Right. Things that aren't imminent happening right now. But definitely, like, interactions with disrespectful people in the here and now when we're face to face is one of those things that I've always had too mm. much pride to just mm-hmm. take a second and, like, you know, how would the Lord have me handle this right. situation? Right. I think I'm getting better at it, but it's mm. still something I need to work on for sure. Yeah, no. Thanks for sharing, Tristan. Yeah, and to piggyback off of that, I definitely encounter a lot of the same struggles. I've been having a lot of problems with friends, relationships, and as a very emotionally driven person, mm. when something's awry, I just immediately want to go to that and like seal the wound, basically. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so, like earlier this week, that came in the form of just immediately writing a letter as quickly as possible and mailing it. Mm. when I should have stopped and prayed and thought for a few days. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, we tend to, you know, whether it's on social media, we can act like that, or, you know, an email or something, you know, we just kind of go off of emotion, you yeah. know, rather than rather than what we see here. I mean, he he's, he's broken, clearly. And, and look, he sat down and wept and mourned for days. Like he, so he's not like just jumping to action right away. But then look what happens in chapter 2. So then, you know, we get a little timeline. And he's, he's doing his regular vocation. Here's what I love about this, okay? Like, he's living his calling. What is his calling? Among other things, he's cupbearer to the king. Okay, so look at there. I took up the wine and gave it to the king. Like, He was doing what God called him to do. His life continued in the vocation, the calling that God had given to him at that time. That that just strikes me as like, you know, he didn't take off work. He didn't um, stop going to classes, right? He he didn't, you know, just push something else aside. He kept doing what God called him to do. And now I had not been sad in his presence. So the king picked up on that, okay? And, And then... Goes on from there. But look at, look at verse 4. The king said to me, what are you requesting? So I prayed to the God of heaven. Again, we, we, don't, know the, we don't know the time from, you know, like verse 4, you know, to verse 5. I mean, you would think that it all happened pretty fast, but, but he prayed right there. The fact that that's the first thing that he went to. Yeah, yes, yes, exactly, exactly, yeah. That's why I think there's so much in Nehemiah that, you know, if we just, if we read it slow and read it enough times, man, it's like things just keep popping out. For me, actually, just right now, what I mentioned about vocation, that was something I had not thought about much before. But just, you're reading it, you know, the Holy Spirit works through the power of his word. Um, So I prayed to the God of heaven and I said to the king, if it pleases the king and if your servant has found favor, that you send me to Judah that I may rebuild it. And so the king, you know, he doesn't just say yes right away. How long will you be gone? When will you return? They have a conversation about that. And then it happened. He 
heard the news, he prayed, took his time, kept doing his job like God would call him to do, right? Starts to get into the conversation. He prays, keeps going with the conversation, and uh, the king, king says, go, and the good hand of my God was upon me. Now, okay, so, so he goes there. He's got, this, he's got this, again, holy discontent for, for Jerusalem, you know, to go to Jerusalem. So here's kind of a question, fellas. Like, is there anything stirring in your heart? And, and there may not be, but is there anything stirring in your heart that you, that you would think, I've got a bit of a holy discontent, you know, I wish that, you know, I wish we would, would do this, you know, or, you know, I wish that I could, wish that I could make a difference for, you know, fatherless kids. I wish I could make a difference for, you know, this, this segment of the church. I wish I could serve the homeless. I wish I could, you know, stand up for life. I wish I could, you know, is there anything, is there anything for, for you right now or, or maybe in the past that you've been exceptionally passionate and discontent about? Yeah, I have to. Um, one, just for the past few years, has been a, a hard burden. I don't know, Derek's probably heard me talk about it a million times, but substance abuse. Mm, can't mm, mm, mm. Um, seen a lot of it. Definitely something I, I yeah. feel a burden to, to work with in ministry mm, in mm, some way mm, in the future. Mm, yeah. um, and then the other one is, um, is, is my family that uh, is far from Christ because mm, mm. it's the majority of them. Mm-hmm. Specifically, my little brother. Mm. I'm very, very discontent in my my prayer life about him recently. Just mm. like very burdened, like you know, praying that the Lord would open his eyes. Yeah. So, yeah, that's me. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing, Tristan. Mm. Anybody else? I think mine for the the past four years was the pro life issue on mm-hmm. the campus, mm-hmm. and then uh. Finally, that kind of came to fruition with the, the club finally being formed mm-hmm. again. And I mean, unfortunately, with me kind of being in the church work club, I can't be a major role right. in like the, the club foundation. I can't be the president or anybody on the board. But mm-hmm. it's nice to see that to kind of finally come back. And like, yeah. even if I don't get to see this club actually grow and do a lot of things this year, it's at least founded again. Except it's back. Get the foundation back. Hopefully, yep. we can get it to stay here for right. a good long time until right. maybe something happens again, but right. uh, that's my prayer. I mean, the same thing with this uh, oh, Celebrate Recovery group that Tristan's mm. trying to get going mm. here on campus. Mm-hmm. Like that's, mm. I don't think we'll see the fruits of our labor there, and I mean, I even I've said this multiple times, it could just entirely fall apart as soon as we leave, mm. but mm. I mean, the whole entire point is that we're trying to set that groundwork now yes. so that people can use it for years to come yeah it's, yeah yeah that's awesome celebrate yeah. recovery is an incredible program it's an incredible program yeah yeah mm. you know what let's let's just pray about those things okay let's let's take nehemiah's lead tonight okay and uh how about uh you know let's just kind of open it up whoever wants to pray for you know substance abuse passion for, for those who are lost in your family, for life issues. Let's just, uh, yep, let's just, let's just pray.
God of heaven, Lord Almighty, Almighty Father, gracious God, we thank you that you're a God who hears our prayers, that you do, you do incline your ear to us because you invite us to come before you in prayer. So Lord, we, we come to you as the one who's the creator, the sustainer, Jesus, our redeemer, and we come before you as, as men tonight, just hearing the, the passions of our brothers, asking, dearest Jesus, that you would indeed hear these prayers. Father, I just want to thank you for the different uh, passions and, and desires and, and gifts that you've given to each and every one of us and uh, the different areas and, and mm. people that are going to be affected by that. Lord, I, I thank you for um, just the different ministries that uh, you know we're already starting to, to get into, Lord, here on this campus. And and the ones we'll be in, in in the future. I pray for um, for both me and Derek and some of the other guys that have come alongside this Celebrate Recovery program mm -hmm. that is hopefully, Lord willing, going to be starting next semester. And uh, um, for the pro-life group that Derek's a part of as well, mm -hmm. Lord, uh, we thank you for these, these just awesome opportunities you've given us to start serving already. Um, you know, as, as while we're still students and, and before we even get out there and really get into the the world, um, and I just pray that they would grow, that they would flourish. That you know, I know there's people that need it here. I've already had many conversations with people, Lord. I mm. I pray that uh, we would provide a, a safe space for Your Spirit to work in people. Mm -hmm. um, and yet another one. There's just so many on this campus already, Lord, and we. I, I just want to thank you for for bringing me here. Thank you for each and every soul that has stepped onto this campus and that will, Lord. And I know that the seeds being planted here that mm -hmm. we may never even see come to fruition, but mm -hmm. they, they will. And I pray that you would plant those same seeds in some of my family members, some of my friends that need to know you and, and the same for everybody at this table. I know we all know people that mm -hmm. um, are far from you, Lord. And I just... I just pray that you would you would work in each of our lives and help us to show them that there's a better way, Lord. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. Oh Lord, we uh, thank you for the gift of life, and we um, we thank you for uh, working in our lives and uh, bringing us all here. Uh, we pray that you would just work through this campus to um, help bring light to those people who um, struggle with these life issues, whether it be. Um, abortion or euthanasia or whether it be issues in their lives like um, drug abuse and substance abuse we pray that you would give them peace and that you would work through this campus to um, help provide them with resources I also pray to, to give those people a voice 
I guess specifically for the life group, to those who may be coming from a, a secular high school or a, a background where they feel unsafe to profess their, their love for the life that you've so graciously given us. Uh, I, I know the testimony of the one girl that came and visited our table this about maybe two, three weeks ago and saying how she felt so broken at her high school not being able to talk about these issues. So giving these people a voice and a platform and making them recognize they're not alone in this fight because Lord, it's your fight, not ours. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Lord, the battle belongs to you. For you are the victor, Lord Jesus. You are the victor. Christ the victor. We thank you for that. We praise you and pray in your most holy name. Amen. 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 Thanks, guys. Thank so, uh, ne Nehemiah, you know, he, he prays, he goes, he prays again, and then he goes. And verse... Okay, we, we're not, we don't have time to go, uh, you know, hit every, every single verse of Nehemiah tonight, but we'll, we'll hit a little <laughs> bit, all right? So, um, can someone read chapter 2, verses 11 through... 15. 11 through 15. I can take that. Awesome. So I went to Jerusalem and was there three days. Then I arose in the night, I and a few men with me, and I told no one what my God had put into my heart to do for Jerusalem. There was no animal with me but the one which I rode. I went out by night by the valley gate to the dragon spring and to the dung gate and I inspected the walls of Jerusalem that were broken down, and its gates that had been destroyed by fire. Then I went to the fountain gate and to the king's pool, but there was no room for the animal that was under me to pass. Then I went up in the night by the valley and inspected the wall, and I turned back and entered by the valley gate, and so returned. So then... Um Look at, look at verse 17. I said to them, You see the trouble we are in, how Jerusalem lies in ruins with its gates burned. Come, let us build the wall of Jerusalem. So he, he, he's doing his homework, right? You know, he's checking things out. He's looking at it. He's, he's not like just flippantly, you know, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. But then finally, when he evaluates it, he shares it with the other leaders in verse 16. And then he says, let's do it. Verse 18, and I told them of the hand of my God that had been upon me for good. Look at that. I mean, gives a testimony to God's faithfulness, God being with him. But then look at verse 19. There's opposition. Look at that. And these guys are going to come back again, you know, in a couple of chapters. There's opposition to the rebuilding of the wall. And, and that's something I want to just want to share with you guys that, you know, there's going to be opposition to, to the good that God calls you to do because of the sin-filled world in which we live. You know, even on a Christian campus, you know, and the opposition may not come in terms, you know, in forms of, you know, <laughs> protests coming your way, but they might be just discouragement. Um, maybe you, you feel like no one else cares about it like you do. You know, there's going to be, there's going to be both internal and external things that, that, that start to bring you down. And that's why I, I encourage you guys to, to hang in the book of Nehemiah a little bit. Because when you see 
when you see what Nehemiah does here, and they begin to rebuild the wall, that's chapter three, we're not gonna go through all of that. Um, but then we get into chapter four, and again, there's more detail about this opposition. I think that we should assume opposition, expect opposition. Um, you know, look at this. Um, when Sambalat heard that we were building the wall, he was angry and greatly enraged, and he jeered at the Jews. I mean, he's just making this miserable for the ones that are actually doing the work. But look at verse six. So we built the wall. And the wall was joined together to half its heights for the people had a mind to work. They were committed to do it. And even though the enemies kept opposing and the wall's half built at this point, they, they keep going. But then um, can someone read verses seven through nine? Seven through nine. I can. Yep, awesome, thanks. Uh, chapter three? Yep, uh, chapter four. Oh, four. Okay. Yeah, four. Four, seven, and nine. Yeah. Seven and nine. <clears throat> but when Sanballat, Tobiah, and Arabs, the, Am the Ammonites, and the people of Ashdod heard that the repairs of Jerusalem's walls had gone ahead and that the gaps were being closed, they were very angry. They all plied together to come and fight against Jerusalem and stir up trouble against it. But we prayed to our God and posted a guard day and night to meet this threat. Okay, this, this right here is faith and deeds. Faith and action, right? Look at this. What did he do again in verse 9? Prayed. And, and set a guard as a protection against them day and and night. He did both. He prayed and he acted. He kept doing what God had called him to do. You know, he didn't just pray and, and you know, pray that everything would get better. He prayed and he did the wise thing. You know, God gives us, fellows, first article reason, right? Like, you know, Christians should not be the people to check their brains at the door. I mean, that's true in terms of science. That's true in terms of health. That's true in terms of, you know, matters of this world. God didn't call us to check our brains at the door. You know, God gives us first article reason that, that we are to use what God has given to us to his glory for the benefit of our neighbor. You know, Luther talked about this all the time, right? You know, by faith, we receive what God has given to us. In love, we use it in service to our neighbors. You know, by faith, we receive... But in love, we serve our neighbors. And that's what Nehemiah is doing right here. But then, actually, another example of this kind of faith in action is in verse 14. It says, I looked and arose and I said to the nobles and to the officials and to the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. He's talking about the, the enemies who are opposing them. Remember the Lord, who is great and awesome, and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your home. Another one of those, you know, remember and fight. Not remember and, you know, just kind of hang back, see what happens. Like, not, not, not just pray and do nothing. Pray and set a guard. Remember and. Remember what? Remember how great and awesome your God is. You know, we need to be reminded more often than we need to be instructed sometimes. You know, we need to be reminded how great and awesome God is, what his promises already are, 
We don't need to ask God for more promises. He's given us promises. You know, his word speaks. His word is alive. You know, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, right? And so there, there he is, you know. So the work resumes, and, you know, Nehemiah is, again, using his vocation to make a difference in the community. Uh, chapter 6, there's still more conspiracy against him. Look at verse 9. Look at verse 9. Got more people going against him. And, and what does he do? They all wanted to frighten us, thinking their hands will drop from the work and it will not be done. Like, if we make this so miserable for these dudes, they're going to quit. But it's almost like we get a, get a just a little glimpse into his heart right here. But now, oh God, strengthen my hands. It's like he's talking or he's given the narrative and then he goes personal, like first person. God, Strengthen my hands. Awesome. And then you get to down to verse uh, 15. Verse 15. You want to read verse 15, Derek? 15, 16. Okay. So the wall was finished on the 25th day of the month of Elulu in 52 days. And when all our enemies heard of it, and all the nations around us were afraid and fell greatly in their own esteem, but they perceived that this work had been accomplished with the help of our God. Mm. And there's the testimony. Look at that. They looked at this. They saw what happened. And they knew it wasn't, it wasn't just a bunch of guys doing it. This had been accomplished with the help of our God. And then, you know, we get into here, you know, the, the exiles are coming back. Ezra, so Ezra is the scribe. Um, so, you know, Ezra and Nehemiah. Ezra is the scribe. Chapter 8 reads the law. And uh, Nehemiah, governor, Ezra the priest and scribe. All the Levites, which of course are the priestly clan. They taught the people um, and said to them, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people wept as they heard the words of the law. Jerusalem is starting to come back, okay? But more than that is what God is doing in that place, fulfilling his promise of their return in that place. And then he said to them, go your way, eat, I'm in um, chapter eight, verse 10. It's one of the more um, memorable, quick passages of the book of Nehemiah. Go your way, eat the fat and drink sweet wine and send portions to anyone who has nothing ready. For this day is holy to our Lord. And do not be grieved. Why? For the joy of the Lord is your strength. And that's my prayer for you guys, that, that the joy of the Lord would be your strength. Um, this joy that comes from knowing that God is faithful, God is with us, and God gives us, God gives to us his word to strengthen us and to to give us what we need. And, and he invites us, like Nehemiah did, to pause and pray and to fulfill our calling, right? So, so may we be disciplined in our prayer and in our study of the word and be enthusiastic about the work that he calls us to. Right now, you guys, that work is, that work is to be a great student, you know, to, to really do what God has called you to do in this place. And you do that, you know, not only in the classroom, but through the relationships that you have, through the impact that he is starting to allow you to have as well. Um, 
but but don't don't overlook the the current calling that God has given to you. And uh, sometimes it's hard. Some days it's really hard. Weeks it's going to get really hard. You know, as we get closer and closer to fall break. But you know, may you be able to echo these words: "The joy of the Lord is our strength." It's His joy. That's our strength. Um, yeah, you know, we can't can't hit every single part of Nehemiah here. Um, but you know, any any kind of questions, reflections, you know, on this as we uh, again think about this holy discontent and and how how we see in Nehemiah's life this you know this great I think combination of prayer, leadership, you know, prayer and action, prayer and action, prayer and action. I think one thing that comes to mind. I definitely needed to hear this. Um, this has been a, a tough semester. I've been pretty overwhelmed, scheduled, mm. overbooked. Um, but I've been looking, I think, too far ahead mm. to things that are going to come in the future. And it's like sometimes I forget that because I haven't really been enjoying sports as much as usual, mainly because of how just tired I am mm. and busy and certainly haven't been given um, – much care to, to classes. I mean, we get my work done, you know, yeah. but it's like I don't enjoy it. Right. And and it's a really good reminder that, you know, I keep almost acting like God isn't using me in those situations mm. and like he can only use me for something that's like church related or like mm. very specifically Christian. Mm. It's like that's not the right. case. Right. Like, yeah. It's not he's the using case. you in yeah. everything all the time. Yeah. 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 So I need to be more, right. Just more present in, in knowing that. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. That's, that's a powerful reminder. Remember, you know, when we talk about vocation, like our first vocation is actually the one that's been freely given to us. You know, baptism, right? Like you've been called by God to be his. Do you belong to Christ? And therefore, every other calling that you have flows out of that, right? So, you know, you're calling, you're calling as, a, as a brother, is as equally important as your calling as a student and, you know, other, other aspects of your life, you know? God doesn't call us to, I mean, we can't do them all perfectly, you know? When we're insufficient, he is all sufficient, right? Yeah. Well, that's actually probably pretty similar to me. Like, recently I had to make the, I was pretty convinced I was going to St. Louis mm-hmm. Seminary, mm-hmm. Uh, and I had to weigh my vocation as a son because oh, uh, huh. things at home are a bit rough for both mom and dad. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've been struggling with both Beth and I being gone mm-hmm. on top of other things around the house. Like dad mm-hmm. threw out his back mm-hmm. last year and he had to have surgery. So recognizing that somebody needs to be around to be able to do stuff at home. Uh, and also just thinking long term like with Leah and I. She'll still be up here next year, mm-hmm. so would it be easier for me to manage a relationship from eight hours away, right, or from two hours away? And I mean, right. the, the answer there's pretty yeah, obvious. pretty pretty obvious, <laughs> so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just kind of played a role, yeah. And also assessing stuff with like my sister, trying to yeah. be a better brother, sure. Uh, mm-hmm. Just recognizing some of the stuff that she might have going on, and me needing to be there for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. I mean, you you look at the whole. The, the whole vocational picture, right? Yeah. And it, it reminds you quickly that, yeah, your vocation is not your job, right? You have many vocations, right? And it's like with Nehemiah, right? Like he had 
many, many vocations. First and foremost, you know, being one who, you know, had had this calling on his life from God. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Thank you, guys. I have a question about yeah. uh, just the book of Nehemiah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, the book ends with "Remember me, oh my God, for good." Mm. And I've seen that. I've seen that translated "Remember me for the good I've done." Or yeah. Something right. Like that. Right. Right. And right. That's right. a refrain that kind of. I know that it's right at the end of the book, but I know that it appears a few times throughout the book. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Memory serves. Yeah. And I'm just wondering what that like means yeah yeah you know because doesn't it 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 in a sense feels backwards right like god remember me for my good well i'm a poor miserable sinner (laughs) like god don't don't remember (laughs) you know what i'm saying um and admittedly I don't have a study Bible here, so I'm not sure. Do any of you guys? I mean, is there I more the insight? Bible, is, there, the... is there more insight there? I don't know. I haven't. St- I haven't studied this in Hebrew in a long time. So yeah. I. Uh... <laughs> I guess I'll. Yeah, I guess I'll read the note. Yeah, what does here it say there? Verse. So it says, "Book closes with Nehemiah's oft-repeated prayer. The curtain falls on his career. He and Ezra drop from sight, and suddenly, as as suddenly as they first appeared." What they did to promote the kingdom of God is a matter of record written down for our own instruction, 1 Corinthians 10, 11. Mm. Their full life story is known only to God. He mm. has inscribed their names in the book of life, making them citizens of the holy city, New Jerusalem, which John saw coming down from the hev- out of heaven from God. Yeah. So basically he's saying, like, we only get a snapshot here of Ezra and Nehemiah. Yeah. Um, you know, we don't get the full picture, which of course is true of you know, many, many people in the Bible. Um, yeah, I think it's probably important with Nehemiah, given, given that even, mm-hmm. that we, you know, that we, that we learn what we can, right? You know, the Bible is for, you know, of course our comfort, of course our, um, you know, first and foremost, the building of our faith, but also for our instruction, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would say that, of course, Nehemiah, in so many ways is a descriptive book you know it's describing here's what happened i I want to be careful not to portray it as purely prescriptive right like do exactly what nehemiah did well he was living in a certain time certain place etc but i do think that there are instructive things that we can take from nehemiah um you know namely that's exactly what we talked about tonight um but um you know, yeah, certainly. You know, we only get a we only get a glimpse, yeah, of what that is. I think that the reason that like this verse kind of sits with me a little bit weirdly is that it's like um, God remembering you for good that you do. There's like the uh, I guess it's like it seems like um, to speak in the terms we've been using in biblical theology, mm-hmm. it's like a theology of glory right, sort of right, thing. Right, 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 yeah, exactly. And I don't know what to make of it. And yeah, it's like yeah. about, it's like focusing on works yeah, and right, stuff, right, it seems right. like. Yeah, which, um, you know, clearly he did, he did do some great works. Yeah. And, obviously, you know, worked in the, in the context of faith, you know, even yeah. as it says in, in those notes. So, um, yeah, you know, it, it's, it is kind of a, it's a bit of a head scratcher. Yeah. It's a bit of a head scratcher. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else, guys? 
the chapel bells are ringing, so that's um, probably a good uh, good place for us to to close. But um, let's let's close in prayer. Okay, do you guys? Uh, I don't know what you normally do. If you want to do some prayer requests or uh, or just kind of popcorn it around. Whatever works. Whatever works. All yeah. right. Cool. Well, um, let's uh, let's see. We'll, we'll just kind of go around this way, and we'll start with you, Tristan, and end with you, Derek. But sure. feel free if you want to jump in and you know uh, say a prayer. Please feel free to do so. Okay. So popcorn requests or actual prayer. Um, why don't we pray? Okay. Let's, cool. Let's do, you know, I I, I think popcorn requests. I think requests are really really important. Yes. But you know what goes wrong with popcorn requests sometimes you spend more time talking about prayer than praying that's right you know my my wife leads a prayer group and uh they've had to like redo how they do the prayer group because they'd be sitting around and talking i mean which is good you know you need to talk about the prayer requests right but that has a different purpose than praying (laughs) so uh, Yeah. yeah but let's let's just pray all right dear heavenly father thank you for another opportunity to come together and get to know more about you by opening up your word and thank you for bringing pastor ryan here to help lead us this week and just all the insight that came out of this lord uh, i know i needed to hear this i'm sure some of the other guys did as well so i just thank you that um, your word is alive and that you're working through us both on this campus and in this group lord i want to thank you for this great group of guys and just thank you for being mm-hmm. incredible, powerful, almighty, etc. Mm-hmm. I just recently, especially, I have seen your hand at work mm-hmm. in the life of myself and the mm-hmm. lives around me. It's been incredible to fall in love. And I just want to thank you specifically for this night tonight and p message that he gave us through Nehemiah. And I know that it was kind of exactly what I needed to hear Mm -hmm. to close out my day. Mm -hmm. 